0: I mean, isn't that how the real Danny DeVito, like, moves?
1: <laughs> just, he's a, Danny DeVito is a weeping angel.
0: <laughs> Fuck, that's very good. I'm going to cut that out and put that at the
2: beginning. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
1: very confused and alienated.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
3: Who's ready for the continued adventures of Wolf the Troll?
0: (laughs) No. I do like him, though. All right, so we should probably explain what we're doing here, because every season of this show, Dice Funk, an actual play D&D podcast, is self-contained, which means if you somehow stumbled upon this, you can keep going. It's fine. You don't need to go back unless you want to, Mm -hmm. which you can. There will be occasional references and little in-jokes, but we're going to tell a self-contained story here. Hi, I'm Austin Yorski. I'm the dungeon master, which means roughly that I'm going to be doing all of the non-main character voices you're going to hear. I'm also the narrator. Everyone else you're going to hear in a second is going to be one character, the protagonists of the story we're going to do. Um, if you don't know D&D, that's fine. Uh, we play pretty rules light version of 5th edition. We do a lot of home rules stuff. The only thing you really need to know to enjoy what you're going to hear is that when we say a number, it's usually on a scale of 1 to 20. With 10 being average, a 1 being a botch, which is a very bad failure, and a 20 being a crit, which is a very good success. (laughs) Everything else you can either figure out from context clues or just kind of sit back and enjoy the good jokes, cool sword fights, and then probably at least one weird sex scene. It always gets into there and then we try to keep it PG-13, but it's
2: weird and it probably happens off camera too on top of everything else
0: (laughs) mercifully so far so why don't (laughs) we go around and introduce all of the voices you're going to hear podcasts are kind of weird you're going to have to get used to the things you're hearing to follow this so once again i'm austin yorski Uh, i used to be a video game journalist i'm in training to be a lawyer hopefully i'm also funny that's my whole deal i'm going to pass it off to someone else grab the microphone yoink
4: i'm chris Chris Larios, also known online as Rolo T, a nickname to which the origins of are confusing and strange. Uh, <laughs> you may know me, but you probably don't, from a manga podcast that I do called Weekly Manga Recap, where we talk about manga in a weekly uh, sort of timetable and then recap them.
2: I, I, wait, wait, I, I don't follow
4: what you mean by that. But uh, Yeah, the name's a little confusing. I apologize for that. It's sort of an inside joke between us, but on Weekly Manga Recap, we recap the manga weekly. So, it's basically what we do on that. And it's uh, a fun time, and it's good stuff, and I I make silly voices and do dumb things. That's me. Woo! Now I'm going to throw this mic into the air.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I caught it right out the air. I'm just that great. I'm Laura. Uh, I go by Laura K. Buzz on most places on the internet. Uh, I am news editor at kotaku.co.uk, so hooray! I'm one of those video game journalist types and somehow made a living out of that. And I do way too many podcasts, including this one, which I love Dice Funk very much, and I get to be all sorts of weird, silly characters. Who, as alluded to earlier, will probably try and bang someone at some point.
1: I guess I'll go next, although I'm not interesting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my <laughs> My name is Lauren Morgan. I don't really do anything cool online. I just tweet a lot of memes, um, and I paint stuff sometimes. But I've been on Dice Funk for two other seasons besides this one, so that's a cool thing. Um, and I know Austin. <laughs> Good job, me. Who's next? <laughs> You're just like, my qualifications
0: are nepotism. Anyway.
1: Yes, literally. <laughs> like,
2: well, that leaves me. Uh, my name is uh, Michael Scicchiano, or as most people call me, Skitch. Um, my principal thing I do outside of this podcast is write music, and engage in lengthy, unnecessary discussions about role-playing game systems and the such. I'm also, I guess, along with Lauren, the most senior players in this podcast since we both have been playing in Dice Funk since Season 2, and now we're in Season 4. We did it. Yes, we did. We did the thing.
0: (laughs) All right, so... Normally, this would be where I ask you guys to explain your characters, the people you will be embodying for this adventure, but uh, we need to do a little bit of preamble this season because Mm -hmm. there are some things to establish about where all your characters are, because longtime listeners know we started off in a pretty traditional Dungeons & Dragons world, orcs, elves, dwarves, and so forth, but every season, while being self-contained, is also slightly pushed the narrative forward on a kind of timeline sense. So every season we have slightly more technology, slightly more magic, and this season is no different. So I want to kind of set the ground rules so when you close your eyes and picture this cool thing we're going to do, it's a little bit more accurate. So I'm going to get into that in just a second. Is there anything else you guys want to do to introduce ourselves? Because this whole thing doesn't work if we all just sound like randos yelling over each other.
1: (laughs) Don't ask me.
4: It's my birthday.
0: <laughs> it is Chris's birthday during this recording. Last week it was Sketch's birthday, and next week it's my birthday. So three recording sessions in a row on birthdays. Someone can work out the math on that. It's very unlikely. I think this means we're like a planetary alignment, essentially. So there's
4: people out there who base their personalities whether they fall in the Sketch, Chris, or Austin spectrum.
2: <laughs> that is true, and if you follow the Sketch spectrum, you might um. You might be in trouble. I'm not gonna see why. I'm just just saying. Skitch, you are such a skitch, by the way. You know. I am. I know.
0: It's like the Harry Potter houses. <laughs> like, oh no, yep. I'm such a Chris. I <laughs> I'm always recapping things weekly.
4: Yeah. That's my really <laughs> big issue. I'm like a Slytherin, except I'm not evil, which I guess means they're nothing then that really seems to be the only <laughs> establishing
0: trait of Slytherin. Now say so you're going to get some pedants out there, are going to be like, actually, what's Slytherin really represents? That's
4: okay. Those Harry Potter nerds can come at me with everything they've got. All right, so Pick and
0: Fights, episode one. Ooh, hot takes.
1: But while we're here, what is y'all's, like, Hogwarts houses? I'm totally a Hufflepuff. Ravenclaw,
2: Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw,
1: yeah. <laughs> Hufflepuff. Yes!
2: I abstain from answering. That means Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're gonna huffle those puffs.
2: Because because I've never read or watched anything, so I've no idea what any of this. He's means. really cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just haven't. I I'm, I'm, bad, I'm bad at internalizing other fiction, so I'm just I can't keep track of it, so I just never got into it.
0: Okay, so speaking of fictions, let's do our show. So, audience, players. imagine a vast and shifting sand desert. Do you have it in your mind? Can you picture it?
4: Uh, I'm thinking Dry Dry Gulch from, I believe, Super Mario 64.
1: Yes.
0: I do enjoy that. Yeah, keep that in your mind. It's Okay, cool. During the day, it's so hot you can't even keep your eyes open. At night, it's so cold that you freeze to death in your sleeping bag. It's a very harsh, hateful climate, really. And back at the beginning of this timeline, nothing much lived here at all. Here in the Valentine Desert. The only creatures that could make a living here were the reptilian species that inhabited this world. You know, lizard folk, dragonborn, kobolds, those kind of races. And they survived by moving from above ground during the day when they can sun themselves to below ground at night when they could take shelter from the biting cold. And this is how things progressed in the Valentine Desert for many years. While outside, all of the great adventures of high fantasy of dwarves and elves and orcs and liches went on all around them. However, this all changed when the gods died. Oops. So all of the deities of the traditional Dungeons and Dragons world passed away. And this created, of course, immense political and cultural chaos Throughout the world, the ramifications of which could fill many textbooks. There are historians whose only job <laughs> is to talk about the effects of that cataclysmic event. But for our purposes, the important thing that came out of this mass, I'm trying to avoid the word Holocaust because implications,
3: pantheon aside.
0: Pantheonicide, ooh, that's a very good word. Well, hold on, let me write that one down. Um, <laughs> was that as many cultures had to redefine themselves and came into conflict and wars began raging across the lands, technology, of course, stepped in to fill an important role, and the robotic beings known as Warforged were invented. Warforged, as their name would suggest, were incredible soldiers, which completely changed the way combat was conceived of by every culture and nation in the world. But as the technology of the Warforged evolved, they became more and more, I was going to say human, but of course there are many different humanoid
2: sapient species. So just... I'd say complete as entities, you know, complete entities outside of the, the narrow viewpoint of just being for war, right? They
0: gained... Mostly undisputed
2: personhood. They have emotions.
0: They can communicate and pass in most social situations. Uh, Of course, in this world, they had their own equivalent of, say, Blade Runner, where people ask the deep questions about, do robots have souls? And most people agree that they probably do.
2: But only after one of them was killed in the rain and talked about all the things that they saw.
0: So as these advances continued and Warforged got more and more advanced and more and more diverse there was different kinds that were made some which were created not for war but for more mundane task clerical work accountants just all kinds of things but when they created new and better warforged they had the old busted models to deal with and so society now recognizing that you couldn't just take apart a creature which had feelings and emotions and memories that would basically be murder they started a a pretty abominable practice of exiling them into the valentine desert the hope was that they would just overheat and fill with sand and die when it was not their problem anymore but that did not happen what happened is they were adopted by the reptilian species of the desert and together they built not one but two cities one above ground and one below ground. And this is where our story is going to take place. So when you close your eyes and think of the above ground city, North Valentine, I want you to imagine a huge metropolis of skyscrapers of steel and glass, a cosmopolitan crossroads of business and finance and wealth and taste where People from all over come to this oasis to deal in all kinds of, let's say, luxury pursuits. And when you think of the below ground city, South Valentine, I want you to think of neon, of dark tunnels lit by bioluminescent lichen and glowing fungi and worker robots and lower caste lizard people (laughs) going to clubs, and doing all kinds of, let's say, proletariat pursuits, if you
2: will. That's a very big word there. Mm. I don't think everyone's going to know what that means.
0: That's okay. We're going to get to the sword fighting soon, if that's what you're here for.
2: I, I was I was nervous about that. Okay.
0: So the twin cities of North and South Valentine, or as the locals just call them, North Val and South Val, are where this season's going to take place. One on top of the other in the center of an inhospitable desert in what is mostly a modern setting. So if you want to picture someone's basic work day, you think of a, a dragonborn who wakes up in South Val, makes themselves some coffee, goes to the subway, which travels up through the tunnels between the two cities, which used to just be lizard folk tunnels, which they used to go above and below ground back before the gods died. And they get off at their subway platform in North Val and they go to their office and they clock in and they just do paperwork and answer phones and all that kind of stuff. Just check good memes on Facebook. That's basically where we are. Uh, Magic still exists. This is still a world that has grown out of traditional D&D. So there's orcs and elves and everything else. And we're going to explore the way these things connect and have changed and influenced each other but if you don't know how something works this is both for players and listeners assume it is the way it works in our world in 2017 until that is contradicted and it will be but that that is where the role playing will spring from so that is the setting that i want you guys to inject your cool awesome characters into and i I'm going to sit patiently and listen to how awesome they are as I look at their cool icons I made.
1: I'll go. My name is Lauren, and I'm here to say I'm playing a cat in a major way. (laughs) You're welcome for that. I'm
0: so excited.
1: (laughs) Okay, so my character's name is Lenora Desmond, and I realized earlier this is totally not on purpose. If people don't feel like saying Lenora, they can just call her Nora, which rhymes with Dora. That was not intentional. But I am playing a warlock again because they're fun. We're starting at level three. Surprise. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I did. Uh, And she's a tabaxi, which is a cat person. For those who are wondering, she looks like a caracal because they have fluffy ears. Background is entertainer because I'm a DJ. And my alignment is chaotic neutral.
0: Now, when you say cat person, for those who don't know, you mean an anthropomorphic cat and not like.
1: Yeah, like an anthropomorphic, not like a giant cat that talks like people. Oh,
0: I was gonna say the anime trope of like someone who's mostly human but has like a tail and ears. Oh,
1: that too. I was just thinking you look like a really big cat.
0: <laughs> I am pretty pumped at the idea of you basically
4: playing like a six foot tall version of Salem the Cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch.
1: Uh, oh, it's basically personality wise. I was thinking like Elle Woods if she was a club kid and like drugs. <laughs>
0: So you're you're yeah. So you're a drug-addled cat DJ, which is just a mwah chef kiss sentence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I did a little backstory, which I guess should I read that? I guess or- it's
0: up to you. What do you want the audience to know?
1: So Lenora lives in South Valentine. She grew up in the slums with her parents, Norma and Joe, uh, and she began DJing at small clubs when she was old enough to like actually get in. And she really likes partying. So she tries to make as much money as possible so she can, you know, continue to move from party to party. Uh, she did manage to move out of her parents' house somehow and has a small, dirty studio apartment still in South Valentine. But the goal is to eventually make it up into the nicer, more affluent neighborhood. Oh, my patron. Duh. Ah, uh, my patron. Ah. Uh.
0: So one thing you're going to learn about this season is that we've taken a lot of D&D and said, how would that look in our times so i'm very excited of your take on warlocks in desert
1: 2017 i decided to go with the tray as a patron because i was looking at the book and so i was looking up different members of the unsealy court because i've always found the unsealy court to be more fun than the Sealy court because they're goody two-shoes um and we <laughs> i came across this thing called buttery spirits which is just a really fun thing to say and they're like little alcohol leprechauns um but to reflavor that for a modern setting, uh, Austin and I talked it over and Buttery Spirits is my sponsor. They are a liquor company and it is a butterscotch flavored vodka and they are my sponsor and they um like they pay for me to play at clubs and shit.
0: To be clear, they are still a fae company that does like magic and stuff. It's just they've put all that effort into right. butterscotch flavored
2: alcohol and then
0: they put your their logos all over your like equipment and stuff. Exactly.
2: It's the worst uh, end result of butter shots.
1: It's like butter beer, but vodka instead. Oh, my God.
2: All this Harry Potter nerd stuff.
1: Take it all back to Harry Potter. <laughs> You're
0: such Hufflepuffs.
1: <laughs> um, gotta Huffle those puffs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, you got, listen, you got to Huffle those puffs. I've always said this.
1: Um, Some fun things about Lenara. She's very tall. My first tall ever. Let's see if I can do it. They don't have any tall experience.
0: <laughs> it's outside your role-playing range, but you're gonna give it a go.
1: Right. Um, she's, like, 6'2", but she likes to wear the tallest shoes you can find to be even more intimidating. Uh, she's, like, 25, because she's, like, a young a young party girl. Um, she wears a, su- a lot of sunglasses, because she's always stoned. And she doesn't want everyone to know.
3: Are the sunglasses at least shutter
1: shades? Sometimes she's got, like, a whole wardrobe. So there's, like, those crystal ones, there's, like, mirror gla- sunglasses, there's, like cool, like, fucking Star Trek visors. What's that character's name? Geordie LaForge?
0: Nerd!
1: <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of shit. Um, but yeah, she's a very fashionable uh, DJ cat who likes to party and like, enjoy recreational drugs and spending money on them.
0: Does she have any self-defense knowledge?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Not only does she have claws, because it's pretty cause she's a cat um but my weapons i've chosen i'm mostly gonna be using spells because of warlock and i have some pretty dank spells um but the weapon i had chosen the physical weapon i have chosen is like it's basically a swiss army glove so it's like a spring-loaded think the the, the gun gloves in inglorious bastards but with knives
0: the fact that you didn't say assassin's creed is part of why we're friends
1: I've never played that game.
0: I I know. I'm just so glad to have a normie friend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I'm a normie, but okay. Um, Oh, and then I also have the thieves tools, which I also keep my tools inside my gloves because they're fashionable and compact.
0: So Cat DJ, which DJ is a reflavored warlock. You're mostly magic. We'll talk about magic in a little bit, how it works a little bit more in this world. Is there anything going on in your life that you want to share with the people? Because we're going to have to have a D&D adventure soon, so...
1: Mostly she's just broke. <laughs> she is, she's really broke. She's struggling. She works as a barista by day when she can get shifts, but as anybody who's worked in food Service knows, it's very hard to get shifts. All right. So she needs that cash.
0: That catch.
1: That's so a catch.
0: All right. <laughs> That's a good jumping-off point for anybody else.
3: Yeah, so... Uh, my, my character is fairly different to the one I played last season. His name is Frank Westerly, uh, which I did not initially realize how quick, uh, how close I had made that to the character Frank West from, uh, what's the, what's the series? Dead Rising? Uh, Dead Rising, yes. Um. There you go, yeah. Yeah. So he's a human, he's in his sort of early, early forties, he's about six foot tall, a bit chubby, and, uh... Yeah, I'm kind of ridiculously excited for the stupid way that we've flavored this spellcaster, which is that um, he's basically a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Yup. And I'm, I'm kind of stupidly excited for my like my wizard Yu-Gi-Oh player. Like, basically, he's a, he's a gruff sort of sounds like he's from South London, middle-aged man who got very very into card games uh and basically used magic as a way to intimidate people he was playing against like oh i'm gonna play this card that you know in in the card game makes fire shoot at you and maybe i'll just shoot some fire past your face and see if you can keep your composure while we're playing he, he's an entertainer as his sort of background. This was his, like, the thing that made him notable in in card ga- card gaming circles was that, like, oh, he's that person that plays card games by, like, actually making Firefly at you. There's nothing in the rules that says you can't, apparently. And he is in need of money because he got a little bit addicted to buying trading cards and may have spent all of his money and all of his family's money and gotten into a bit of a bind by buying too many cards
0: so do you want to tell us a little bit about the card game because this is a big important element of not just your character but the universe is that this is like the national sport
3: i know uh, i i'm so excited to live in a world where card games are important uh <laughs> so the name we've gone with for this card game is uh Deck. Basically, the way that we've flavoured this card game is, like, I I picture this as basically an equivalent to something like Yu-Gi-Oh! That, at least when Frank started playing, like, it it wasn't something that was designed to be, like, anything more than just a card game, but very quickly after Frank started doing his whole, I'm gonna do magic while playing, people started finding their own ways to do the same, and what Frank was doing kind of became a bit less... A bit less unique over time as people were like, oh, big flashy presentation for a card game? That seems like a really good idea. And that's kind of where Frank just got a bit addicted to like, I've got to stay relevant, just buy all the cards until I'm good again.
0: So in game terms, you're a wizard, yeah. Because what you're really going to be doing is casting spells to do damage. But the flavor is that you have all these trading cards, and when you play them, the like the holographic monster comes out. Hence, Hollow Deck, the name of the game. Mm-hmm. But where other people's Blue Eyes White Dragon is not dangerous, yours will be. <laughs>
3: exactly which i'm i'm very into um and some of the flavor things we can do around that is like hey wizards don't have all of their spells at any one time it's basically like picking what cards to have in your deck at any given time it's like what what if i get a get a new spell i can choose to you know do i want to swap that into my deck etc that's how i'm flavoring Oh player around a wizard
0: yeah instead of wizard spell book you have Deck of cards, which is I'm very excited for. Yeah. It also segues nicely into just the discussion of magic that we need to have, because mm-hmm. in normal D there are many different ways in which you can cast spells. Druids summon magic from nature. Uh warlocks get it from somebody. Wizards move their fingers and say certain words. Uh here, both Frank Westerly's wizard powers and Lenora Desmond's warlock powers come from corporations essentially like you don't just know magic because you studied in a big wizard tower right like you buy spell books from companies that teach you which way to move your hands and which items to have so spells work and warlocks work because like buttery spirits authorizes the casting of spells and it's like it's technological and you get it from a proxy basically so in old D D, you might have gotten it from a deity but they're gone now
1: yeah Yeah, and instead of like a like a book that they give me it's like my mp3 player
0: so spellcasting focuses have changed quite a bit too
3: definitely uh the the only other thing i think is important to to mention is my my character voice this season is going to be very different to my actual voice i i am very excited to have a very low graph voice which is like it's nice to have a voice that's distinct from my character and myself (laughs) i will be, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a bit of this going on with my character voice, which is going to be a very interesting experience for goodness knows how many episodes.
0: So an important world building element, which we will explore in more depth as the season goes on, probably, is that while the gods are gone, there are still quote unquote higher powers in this universe. Long time listeners know this, but for, for new listeners, back in the old days, if you wanted to throw a lightning bolt. You could pray to the god of lightning and he would give it to you. But he didn't create it. The god of lightning got the lightning from lightning, capital L, the concept of lightning in the platonic sense that exists outside of the universe. Now that the gods are gone, that lightning, capital L, is still out there. But instead of a god being the one who transmits it to people on Earth, that is companies doing so. With technology. No one is playing a cleric or a paladin this season, but if you were, that would still work. You, you just instead of praying at a church, you would just...
2: Yeah, it directly invoke the ideal of the thing that you want to invoke.
0: Using your employee discount at Lightning Corporation.
3: But yeah, no, for, for Frank, uh, Frank, this time is going to be chaotic good, which is kind of different to where i was last season so still a little bit sort of unpredictable but definitely starting on the the well-meaning side of the of the alignment chart
0: to recap chaotic neutral drug addict cat dj and chaotic good Oh wizard
3: <laughs> yes i'm so excited for this season
0: yeah can we all just take a moment and really appreciate this dank shit <laughs>
3: I I just I just love that my roll twenty icon is Bakura from Yu Gi Oh.
0: Yeah, for those who don't know, we play using an application called Roll Twenty, which is like it's a pretty fully featured thing, but we mostly just use it for uh, dice rolls. Uh, I also do have icons for the characters though. Lenora Desmond is a picture of a cat with a turntable that I found just typing DJ Cat into Google Images, and Frank Westerly is just Bakura from Yu Gi Oh. So. Uh it's Bakura. <laughs> alright. So are you ready for our third character? I don't know which one you're talking about, is that me? Yes, it's you. All
4: right. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to open up files, alright? Hold on a second.
0: We gotta get into the, the your entrance music.
4: Oh no, can I have classic John Cena uh, opening where he comes out and he has like a thug rap and everything like that?
0: I don't know enough about wrestling.
4: So my character for this season is Katarina, or as her full title is, Captain Katarina Krakenbane, Scourge of the Seas, a uh, triumphant warrior who has conquered every challenge that the ocean has to offer, including the legendary Kraken, and as such, taken her skill set to the only place that is still presenting challenges worthy of a warrior of her magnitude, which is, of course, the Valentine Wrestling Federation. She is a professional wrestler. I'm very excited for that. I'm playing a uh, human variant human. In case you're you care about the mechanics, of that variant human, uh wrestler, which is essentially a reflavored monk. She is true neutral. In case that is something you care about, I'm trying to see what what what, what do we detail? Do we do we give out their uh all their sheets? Do do I give out social security number, uh, credit card numbers, mm-hmm. addresses, places they live? Okay, I'll take those. Amazon wish list. Okay, it's a lot of wrestling DVDs. Now, uh she is uh she's a professional wrestler. I guess if you uh if you're trying to equate her to a modern day wrestler because there's a very large spectrum of wrestlers in the the world that maybe you're related to. I guess she'd be closer to what are considered like the indie wrestlers of today, which are usually smaller, more technical wrestlers, not like your uh you know Hulk Hogan's of the day who just took a lot of steroids and didn't really have a whole lot of uh, actual physique. Dang. But from that she's got a uh A hard spectrum of stats I couldn't really make anything too good or too bad Uh, Outside of intelligence She's not a a very smart person But she's pretty good everywhere else (laughs) A little punch drunk
0: One too many hits from the snake
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's more along the lines of uh, She was not schooled She did not have uh, any kind of formal education She learned from the streets, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what she she had to do Because uh, I'll explain in her backstory She uh, was orphaned as a child her parents might be alive they might be dead it doesn't really matter now they're gone and uh she was basically raised on the streets by a grifter con man a knoll by the name of nucky and nucky took katarina under his wing essentially to use her because it's a lot easier to use grifts when you have a like cute child next to you so people feel more inclined to kind of fall victim for it or to just be suckered in by it that oliver twist grift exactly and they essentially uh, had a, a symbiotic kind of relationship. They both kind of used one another as best they could. Although for Katarina, it was a lot more innocent. She didn't really realized sort of the extent of things. Uh, but while she was with Nucky, she spent a lot of her time in bars. And that's where she saw uh, watched a lot of wrestling. And she grew up idolizing superstars like <clears throat> Umbra Hulk Hogan, Stone Knoll Steve Austin, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Andre the Frost Giant, Rowdy Roddy Pit Fiend, The Underdark Taker, (laughs) Grick Flair, Zach Dreider, The Boulette Club, (laughs) Lich Stratus, Brett the Crit Man Heart, (laughs) Sam Okra Jelly Joe, Pixie James, Illithid Vicious. Chris Jericho-Bold, C.M. Monk, The Perfect 20, Scry Dillinger, (laughs) Beholdberg, (laughs) Nikki and Bree, The Grella Twins, Heath Sater, and of course, Vince McManticore. (laughs) That Venn diagram is dire.
3: (laughs) I'm pretty sure you've just used up like an entire season's worth of material. Like, if that were me, I'd have that list and I'd be peppering one or two of those per episode.
4: I had to cut out some of the really bad ones, so I'll save those ones for later, I guess. <laughs> I,
3: the, the closest I had to any anything on that, that level is I was trying to think about Yu-Gi-Oh puns, and I was thinking about Frank sending people to the shady zone, which is <laughs> kind of like the ask. shadow zone, but you just go and lock a nerd in a cupboard.
0: <laughs> That's where we go.
4: So Katarina was raised by Nucky until she was 13 years old, at which point he abruptly just left. He abandoned her in the middle of the night. No real note or anything like that. And she survived on her own since then. And uh, has just been kind of focused on her dream of becoming a professional wrestler. And she is uh, somebody who is kind of adapted to that con man lifestyle, though. She is not inherently evil, but she basically does anything she can to help herself. She's been in plenty of relationships where she mostly was in it. To get a free rides out of it, or free meals, or just a place to stay for a while, uh, and as such, she's a uh, not somebody with a lot of a uh, real commitment to it. But she is uh, she does have one good friend, her friend Reese, and it's basically the only person out there who she uh, she has actual affections for as uh, another person who she wouldn't just throw under the bus if it helped herself.
1: How big is she?
0: Uh, she's five foot nine and twenty three years old. So to recap. Human wrestler, which is a reflavored monk, true neutral, kind of a grifter raised by a dog person named Nucky. That's what gnolls are, for those not aware. And your best friend, Reese, who I in my notes is an elf.
4: Yeah, she's a wood elf. Oh, also, she has a finisher. I should say what her finisher is because I actually decided upon this. I don't believe this will ever come into the game mechanically, but it's called the Kraken's Grasp. <laughs> and uh, actually, this is something I should have mentioned. She's uh, one of the four elements uh style monks essentially if this is uh wrestling in the D world where magic exists obviously they would use magic to make wrestling more exciting so she learned how to control the element of water to essentially enhance her wrestling so it essentially is she uses water to like hold a person's limbs outwards and then runs and knees them in the face as hard as she can
2: Nice. Hell yes. Very nice.
0: <laughs> also, to be clear, all that stuff you said about their life on the sea and stuff, that's flavor for the wrestler and not actual backstory.
4: That—that That is not actually anything that she did. Her real name is uh, Katarina Brooks, but she, her character is Captain Katarina Krakenvane.
0: All right. Love it. All right. Quick rundown for the last character. Lenora Desmond, Tabaxi DJ, Frank Westerly, Human He's a wizard, but we are we reflavoring that to be a new thing?
3: I kind of liked Duelist maybe as a way to, to frame it.
0: I do too. It's very good. So Okay, so wizard
3: slash Duelist.
0: Uh, so Frank Westerly, Human Duelist, which is a reflavored wizard. And Katarina Krakenbane Brooks, Human Wrestler, which is a reflavored monk. And now we have one final player character.
2: All right, so this is fun because I'm the only one out of the four of you, out of the five of us, you know, in this whole thing that is using a, um, a non-retooled or homebrewed character class. Um, that being said, I'm using both a homebrew uh, subclass and I'm using a homebrew race in my setup here. Uh, so my character's name that he's given out is Renee Eddy. And Rene is, or Ed as most people call him, Ed is a forged, or basically the modern equivalent of what a warforged is, a forged rogue and sorcerer, which is a bit unique for him since most of the forged were not designed to be able to interact with magic directly, and how he can do that is not explicitly made clear as of this time. His alignment is chaotic good, and his background and much information about him prior to arriving to South Valentine is unknown, um, because his time in South Valentine began by being discovered in, effectively, a bunch of trash that was a bunch of junk that was shipped over into South Valentine. He was discovered by a kobold by the name of uh, Kundi who fixed him up and Brought him to kind of basically help out at at his establishment, uh, which is a bar slash arcade called Quarter Round, which is in South Valentine. So Ed has he's lived there for the past several years, helping out in bartending if necessary, helping out kind of keeping an eye on the various patrons that come in and out. But one of the other things that sort of came about well during his time in South Valentine is. He sort of procured a number of musical instruments, and he goes around as a gigging musician playing for various locations or works on producing uh, musical assets and tracks for other per- people in town from his apartment above the quarter round. Um, he does so typically under his artist handle noise machine. Outside the fact that he is both a rogue and a sorcerer, there's not much in terms of his deep background, I'm going to go into other than the fact that because of how he was discovered and such, his strength is a notably low five um, compared to his other stats, which are much more conventional. Uh, his joints basically are damaged. And for some reason, he's a relatively modern forged model, um, one that is new as of the last few decades. So he's, his appearance is also slightly odd because he appears a little bit more... Modern and, in some cases, refined and designed than other Forged units that are inside of Valentine. I think of this, anything else to point out to? Oh, so the two homebrew things. I'm using a homebrew uh, for the Warforged class. I'm not using the Unearthed Arcana that came from Wizards. I'm using a homebrew called a uh, Build-A-Warforged, which was designed by uh, Zephil Linox over in the Unearthed Arcana Subreddit and the type of sorcerer he is is um, temporal. His magic has things to pertain to time itself, and this is a sorceress origin that I designed actually. Um, and information about this will be available when the character sheets come out. Among the things he has going on at the quarter round, he does have a uh, a pet cat, actually a non anthropomorphic cat, just a regular sort of house cat that stays with him up in his apartment and studio space. Named Marty, that's basically it. The only reason why he is particularly concerned about stuff in recent uh, months is that for some reason, the company that owns the property that the quarter round is on has been sort of pressuring Cundy about um, the lease rate going up and expecting money sooner. And they currently don't have the capital to leverage it. Um, I think I said this before, his alignment is chaotic good. I think that's most of what I need to cover for him for the time being.
0: Okay, so to recap, Rene Eddy, a.k.a. Ed, the war-forged rogue sorcerer. Uh, your backstory is shrouded in mystery, mm-hmm. and you have some unexplained time magic powers. Sorcery uh, can have many different sources, some of which are very mysterious. And so, you, while on some level you are channeling magic from the same outside forces as other disciplines, the mechanism is not clear. And sometimes it's something genetic. Sometimes it's something with ley lines. You never can tell until these things pop up later in stories. Usually mm-hmm. the icon I have for Ed on the roll 20 is solemn simulacrum from magic. The gathering.
2: <laughs> um, the other thing, other, other thing I'm going to say about Ed is that in order to make his voice a little bit more distinct from not from mine, I'm going to be using this processing on my voice whenever I'm talking as Ed Um, just to make things easier to keep track of, and also just because, why not?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so let us know if you have any problems understanding, Skitch. I think that's the best one. He's tried some different filters. I think that one's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I
3: can understand him pretty well with that, and I'm not going to lie, if I had a button that I could press and then my voice sounded like a robot, I would just be saying everything with that. So, yeah, Yeah. use the button.
0: (laughs) Hashtag goals. (laughs) Also, I didn't mention uh, Katarina Krakenbane brooks is icon and roll 20 is may from guilty gear and a, a, a nautical themed fighting character so that's that was my best
4: your best crack at the Kraken bane that's
2: very appropriate
4: <laughs> mm. 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 jokes i see where you're going
0: All right. So all four of these character sheets will be available after this episode is published on patreon.com slash Austin Yorski. It's where you can find all that stuff. And also you can support the show. I'm not going to do this pitch every week. I usually just do it in the first episode because if you aren't interested, that's fine. I just think it's important to be clear about the stakes here, which are that the show would not exist without that. Uh, We've had a ton of technical issues throughout the show's history and multiple computer failures uh microphone stuff headphone stuff so in a very very real tangible way that uh patreon makes this show happen so uh, mm-hmm. i want to get that out there um if you support the show you get your name in the credits at the end it's a amazing cool thing and we you know we're so grateful for it uh if not you can also go over to patreon.com weekly manga recap and do stuff with chris that's cool too i won't i'm not gonna be offended it's not gonna hurt my feelings if you don't do mine but you can do chris's if you want i'm just saying if
4: you help uh, over at ours we give you free bonus podcasts mm-hmm. and extra things like that you know it's pretty sweet
0: uh, my audience is like really tech literate so i always i worry if i put like a secret thing they would just have one person get it and then give it to everyone else like there's <laughs> zero chance any of mm-hmm. that would stay secret i
4: assume that happens with ours too but that's you know Mm -hmm. it's how you gotta operate in this new modern world everything's being torrented by everyone
0: uh so of course laura already said kotaku i fucked that word up kotaku.co.uk is that the thing that's the one cool uh that's that's us um anything else before we jump into the role playing this is like our one big chance to be like self-promotional because after this it's all just boner jokes
2: there is a way to Support me, even though I don't have a Patreon. You can just go to my bandcamp, skitch.bandcamp.com, and you can buy music I've made on there, and hopefully I'll be posting more tracks there very soon.
1: I sell physical craft goods. If you go to my Twitter, there's a description. I paint things.
2: Yeah, there
0: will be links to all of this in the episode stuff, so if you get like on iTunes or Patreon, Podbean, Google Play, all that stuff, it should be in there. I'll put as many links as possible. Just click around, see how it feels, just <coughs> just explore the space, it's good. Um, so I think we're going to start now. Ah! Ah! Is there anything else you guys want to say before we open up on the first scene of season four? No, I'm excited. I'm ready. Austin
4: won't let me do stupid voices last season, so I'm doing them all this season. Oh,
1: I have a voice planned as well. I'm very
3: excited. Shuffle the deck and deal me the first hand. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Alright, so the first hand is that all of you are young professionals who happen to have money problems. And in case you couldn't tell, money is going to be a big issue this season. As we've discussed... Lenora has her kind of drug habit to support. Frank has his card addiction. Renee has his problems with the rent raising. And Katarina just comes from a, you know, urchin background, which has impressed upon her fiscal realities, which have shaped who she is. So all of you are basically always stressed about money.
4: Uh, I just wanted to mention that Katarina mooches off of everybody to the point it's actually an element of her character sheet. Her flaw is that everyone who knows Katarina has at least one story about Katarina mooching off of them or screwing them over in some financial way.
0: All of you are minor figures in your various subcultures. So like, if you're into the Valentine music scene, you might know Lenora, but otherwise you wouldn't. And if you're into indie wrestling, you would know Katarina. And if you were into Holodeck, the car game, you would know Frank. But otherwise, like you guys don't get recognized on the street and you can't really make the kind of money to get you into North Val, which is what you would ideally want. And so this is the kind of catalyst for all of you coming together because you guys know each other from the Internet. What? You can meet people on the Internet now? (laughs) Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, So actually, you guys uh, kind of got acquainted on certain like young professional message boards. I'm sure at some point you guys were on some sort of website called like the Funky Shack or something, <laughs> and you all know each other's I- internet handles, but not their real names. And during these kind of internet friends, which are real friends, you became somewhat comfortable with each other. Uh, you guys came across a thread of someone who was... Uh, doing urban exploration. I don't know if you've ever seen these YouTube videos, but people who like go into like abandoned malls or, you know, go into like mines and stuff and just like film themselves going to these places. And this thread was specifically someone who was spelunking through abandoned tunnels in between the two cities. Uh, Most of them have been repurposed for subway tracks, which take you, you know, to the surface and down below. But a bunch of them weren't converted and are just abandoned weird lizard tunnels which have existed for centuries. And so there was a thread on this forum of people talking about how they were exploring and they were finding cool stuff, some of which was valuable but nothing too extreme until someone mentioned that they thought the tunnels led under a very, very rich residential district in North Valentine. And so people started joking about, like, ha-ha, you could just dig a hole up and just be in some rich guy's living room. You could just, like, steal all his stuff and just escape through the tunnels. It'd just be, like, really easy. Isn't that funny? You ever been in one of those situations where we would be like, wouldn't it be funny if we kissed right now? That would be wild. All the time.
3: <laughs> None of us would want to do that at all. No, no, no. And, 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 and... Unless you wanted to. No, no.
4: It'd be so easy to get all that free money. You know, if someone was crazy enough to want to do that.
0: Just, just hypothetically, if we were like to go down there and try to break into a rich guy's house and like steal all his stuff, it would be pretty simple, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's funny. Lol, JPEG, meme. How dank was the meme?
1: It was it a Sheeb.
0: It was a middle meme. Well, in this world, Shiba Inus are not memes. It's Knowles, which are the memes.
1: Oh, that's pretty good, too.
0: So all these people are on here, but you four have a particularly strong connection. You're very good internet friends. And uh, after this kind of tentative period of joking about and like ironically kind of probing to s- explore the how safe it is to put out some feelers, you guys decide to meet up in person to have a serious discussion about pulling off a heist. And that is where we are going to start our first scene of season four. You guys have chosen a neutral ground, a place in public with witnesses in case something goes bad. Uh, And specifically, you are all going to meet up in the Oak and Holly nightclub. Oak and Holly and Holly, like the plants. Uh, none of you have any particular attachment to this place, uh, although Lenora has DJed here before. So the, like the bouncers and stuff know you, and they get you a table. Lenora, so you're the first to arrive, and so you're sitting in a booth in this nightclub, I don't know what you're doing, sipping some drinks, waiting for your friends to arrive. But that's what's happening. Mm. Uh, this club is hopping. It's like peak hours. It's dark. Everyone's in here. It's mostly uh reptilian races kobolds dragonborn lizard folk and also a lot of robotic people so warforged and modron of various sorts modron are kind of simple geometric robots which have less complexity but they're still people small yeah (laughs) they can be cubes and spheres and pyramids and so forth and we'll talk about them more later but that's the kind of scene i want you to have in your mind this is hopping club full of lizards and robots um and in the corner there's a cat person in
1: Full Club Kid Regalia
0: <laughs> and just total Kanye shades sipping lean in the corner. And that's where I leave the scene to you guys. Who comes in first? How do you guys meet in person for the first time?
2: So as um as Nora is sipping her drinks, whatever, uh she will notice what looks to be fairly tall, but actually not as tall as her. <laughs> Uh, forged unit approaching Whatever of his chassis that he that she can see Is blue In tone um, But most of his body is actually covered in Clothing He's wearing, wearing, wearing Pants, shoes, uh, shirt Some sort of leather jacket of sorts He has something He has slung over his shoulder that he's carrying Who are you? I'll give you one guess
1: Are you like Noise machine or something?
2: Yes, yes, that would be me.
1: Nice, nice.
2: Took a bit of a trek to get here, but this was too bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, whatever.
2: He's gonna settle down in the booth and set what looks to be like a carrying case for some sort of guitar or bass instrument next to him at the, at the table.
1: What is that? What's, the, what's in the box?
2: It, it's, it's a bag. More of a case or a bag than a box, but just one of my instruments that I take along with me just in case i need to find another gig to play at, you know.
1: I know about that gig life.
2: You know you've bought you've bought tracks for me before, right?
1: That makes sense. That makes sense.
2: <laughs> I just I'm still feeling a little nervous about this, but i'm
1: Well, i'm here a lot, so like i don't think anyone's going to really pay attention to us.
2: I'm not ta- I'm not talking about us talking here. I'm talking about the job, you know. I'm pretty sure that the person we're going to be going after is a someone who kind of deserves it, but I'm still still a little nervous about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've never, like, done anything worse than, like, steal from Valmart, but hey, why not?
0: Fuck, that was choice world, <laughs> world building. Thank you.
2: <laughs> In any case, I guess we'll need to wait for the others to show up.
3: At this point, uh, Frank's going to start walking in. Um, he's got a holster strapped to his leg that looks like it should have a gun in it. Uh, it does not have a gun in it. It <laughs> It is a different... It, it's, it's a card game holster. Uh, he's just going to sort of, like, have a look at the bar and think about getting a drink and then just sort of go go over to the table at the back, uh, Look looking specifically out for DJ Meowvulus because, like, okay, DJ catwood probably going to be the easiest person to find um once spotting who who he suspects is is dj meowvilus heads to the table at the back
0: for listeners everyone's internet handles should be written on their character sheets so that's i don't know if that was well established but dj meowvilus is yes lenora noise machine is ed and we don't know about the other two yet so that's what's going on i feel like that wasn't clear
3: so I head to I I head over to to the table at the back and I go, um, I'm assuming you're uh DJ Marvelous.
1: Yeah, what gave it away?
3: I don't know. DJ, cat. Not the hardest guess in the world, was it?
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm not subtle.
3: Yeah. It's fine. S <laughs> so, so, so subtlety's overrated. Uh, 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 which one are you? You noise machine?
2: <laughs> you're you're quick draw, right?
3: Yeah, that's me. How are you doing today?
2: I guess we'll find out once we're in the middle of all this, right?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I get you. It's, 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 it's going to be easier to know how things are going to go when we know, you know, what way, what way the cards falling in it.
2: <laughs> this is going to be a habit for you, isn't it?
3: What's what's going to be a habit for me? Card puns. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is
1: that a card holster?
3: It is a holster, yes.
1: <laughs> tight, tight. I respect that.
3: Well, you know, could, got to be ready at moment's notice. Who, who knows when? Card games, card games are important.
1: Slay <laughs> out some cards, yeah. Uh,
4: so I'll have Katarita come in then, and uh, she is wearing a wig right now to disguise herself. <laughs> 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 a very, like... Uh, Bright pink wig that she has from a time when she had to play like a rave character as uh, her wrestling gimmick. And she also is wearing like a very large scarf that covers up like the bottom part of her face. And uh, she will go over to the table because she sees three somewhat odd individuals, particularly one being a cat <laughs> who is uh, at this table. And she'll say. Oh, hello everybody. How are you? <laughs> I assume this is the meeting. <laughs> What's wrong with your voice? What do you mean? I'm obviously using a disguise because we're talking about <laughs> illegal,
1: very legal activities. They could- Oh they my co- god. We're in a club.
3: But this is a problem when you meet people on the internet. You never know if they're going to turn out to be just a bit weird.
4: I'm not weird, okay? I'm being strategic. They could be listening to anything we're saying right now. So that's why you have... You make sure... You're aware
3: you walked in here looking pretty dang weird and then said the word illegal, like, 20 times.
1: Yeah, like... And I thought I wasn't subtle.
2: You're, uh, parts unknown, right? Yes. (laughs) I'll have to clarify something for you all sometime later on if you're concerned about talking about... What we're planning on doing, there's ways to talk about this stuff in indirect language and in words that are meant to confuse and deceive those who don't know what lingo we're using now. Oh,
1: like a code! Is
4: the food here free? Is this, like, on the house? Can we get some apps going around or something? <laughs> I can get
1: you a drink, babe. Can we
4: Can we get some app platters, maybe?
0: Roll for appetizers. Roll for appetizers, please. It's the first roll <laughs> of the season. I-, I need those cheese sticks. Crit! I crit on appetizers! Holy shit, that's a good omen. <laughs> Alright, you get a big pile of mozzarella sticks and marinara sauce. The house comps them for Lenora, because she, she knows some of the bouncers, and they, they hook you up.
4: Uh, Katarina will give uh, Nora a like uh, good in and like, a wink kind of thing, and then just dive into mozzarella stick town.
1: Lenora <laughs> winks back.
4: Carry on. I'm gonna be de- I'm gonna be face first in lots of sticks for a while. So uh, you guys, you guys hash out the details.
0: <laughs> this is my whole arc now. I'm the cheese stick guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, now, my question is: Have any of us been able to case out a a target and stuff before our meeting here, uh, Austin?
0: Based on your internet sleuthing, you think you have a basic idea. But if you wanted to know more specifics, then that would also be your role. Uh, a reflavored history roll specifically to represent your good internet searching our Google skill. Yes.
2: 10 for Ed
1: 19 for Lenora.
0: All right. So Lenora definitely passes.
1: I've been to some cool parties up there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So basically you guys have all seen like basically YouTube videos of people exploring these tunnels and Lenora, you were able to do some, some Googling to try to figure out, where the rich people live in North Val. So you have a pretty good idea of what you need to do uh, to get the most bang for your buck, as it were. With a 19, which for listeners new to Dungeons & Dragons is very good, almost as good as you could possibly do, you think you have a a very good idea of which tunnels you could go down to get to uh, an estate, which is both very lavish, and therefore very lucrative, but also very isolated. So that if anything were to break bad, you would not immediately be uh, surrounded by law enforcement. Because one thing about this world is that both technology and magic are very advanced. So if you do a crime, it's not just like someone calls the cops and then two guys eating donuts get in a car and drive over and it takes 10 minutes. If you do a crime, 50 cops teleport in and they all can throw fireballs for three miles. It's very, very, very bad to get caught doing crime. Oops. So with a 19, Lenora, you think, yeah, you know which tunnels to go down to get to a pretty juicy target specifically.
3: I've not done anything like this before. How do I know that this isn't some kind of sting? How do I know I'm not going to agree to this and then suddenly be carted off?
1: I mean, I'm a DJ. Like.
3: Be a pretty good cover, wouldn't it?
2: If we're already here, that means that we're desperate enough to go through this type of option. Now, I'm not good with plans. What I'm good at doing is working through situations. If we are going to go through with something, we just need to make sure we have a good exit strategy so that worst comes to worst, we get out, we're fine, no one knows anyone else, we just kind of go our separate ways, you know?
3: Oh, if I get into trouble, I'm getting out fine. I I I'm sorted. I can I can I can run real fast. Uh, it's, it's it's really good for getting away from from places. I can't make any of you run fast, but I can get myself out fast. So that's good for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it whether or not you nerds are coming. So. I just feel like we can get more shit if if there's more people.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I I believe I could outrun any police officer that came uh, our way, so I think we'll be quite okay.
1: Why are you talking like an old man again?
4: Uh, This is my natural voice.
1: Oh my god.
0: In case people are listening. (laughs) Uh, So, Ed asked about an exit strategy. Uh, Do you want to maybe roll to get the information?
1: Okay, more history?
0: Now that you've succeeded on the history roll to, like, Google some maps and stuff, maybe you could use investigation to investigate the maps?
1: I rolled a 14.
0: I rolled a 10.
4: There's, uh, turns out there's potato skins on this plate as well, so I got kind of distracted.
3: Uh, Nine. Not as much as I had hoped for with that modifier.
0: All right, so the way group rolls normally work is if, if half of the party succeeds, the party succeeds. Uh, so we have a 14 from Lenora and a 10 from Katarina. The DC, or difficulty check, was 10. So two people passed.
4: Those those uh, loaded baked potato skins weren't as good as I thought. I focused in. <laughs>
0: Uh, so this is just kind of easing people into the mechanics. If this is your first time listening to an actual play role play podcast. Um, but so together, Lenora and Katarina over some cheese sticks, you guys are able to figure out two options of what to do if this heist goes South. Uh, so if you guys go in through the tunnels and like dig up into this rich guy's mansion and steal some stuff, there are two basic exfiltration routes. One is to try to run into North Val and get lost in the concrete jungle of the big city. And the other is to go back down into the tunnels and try to go out that way. Clearly the complications would be, uh, the tunnels are full of subway trains. And so that can be good or bad, depending on if you're on top inside or in front of trains. Uh, and also North Val having a lot more rich people to protect has a very aggressive police force. So with two passing roles, you guys have, are confident that you could escape if things went bad. You would just need to make a choice about which of those two sounds more tolerable.
4: Yeah, so it's like try to avoid the. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this fantasy world we call the pigs or not, but I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> try to avoid the pigs up in the upper city, or try not to get crushed by you know trains and such. Is <clears throat> it, 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 the uh, plan that we have for escape routes?
1: Are we gonna, like, try to all escape together, or is it, like, a scatter situation? Because I feel like I'd be fine either. I can just disguise myself if I have to run into Northvale. But I don't know what you all have going on.
3: I, I, I can deal with getting myself out. Not much of the stuff I can do is much helpful for a group. Yeah, same. So, like, I I can get myself out, and that's not a worry, but... If I'm trying to help the group get out, the stuff that gets me out just isn't going to be helpful.
1: So every everybody for themselves, right? right?
2: <laughs> Party unity. Listen, the way this normally works is that we scatter once we're out together to ensure that none of us accidentally gets caught. That way, when we scatter, we're relatively safe, and then we go silent for about a day and then establish correspondence the day after that's how this works what he said
3: well you sound like you know what you're doing so
1: (laughs) you've done this before haven't you
2: i wasn't the one that had the plans i was just the one that helped make sure the plan worked
1: wait so like who
4: is the
2: person who had the plan here that would be uh the dj over there
1: everyone thinks i'm really dumb but i know stuff (laughs)
2: I don't doubt it
4: Katarina's gonna quietly make an exact decision And take the last mozzarella stick Uh Uh-huh
0: somebody in the club Sees Lenora and goes "Woo, Lenora you dumb bitch how are you
1: (laughs) Hey motherfucker What's up Girl I'm so lit right now fam Oh my god what do you have It's this new
0: shit You hear about this
1: No no I'm kinda doing a thing right now But I'll hit you up later for some of that shit Alright, it's good. I know, I'm sure it is. Bye. <laughs> Leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So your casual acquaintance goes back off into the, into the club, high as balls.
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm a little popular
2: here.
4: So that's why I decided to wear a disguise and use a voice this way. None of my
2: fans could recognize me. See, I, I solved that problem by not having any fans around here. That's equally useful. Um So I guess the question is timing. Where do we go?
1: ASAP? I don't have any gigs for a couple of days, so...
3: I reckon the, the longer we leave this, the longer we wait, the more we just go psych ourselves out about it and not do it, so like...
1: Plus then somebody else beats us, and fuck that.
0: Exactly. I, I reckon we just we just go in. Go in for it. The commuting... Uh, That happens during the subway uh, is very bad right now. But if you wait to about midnight after all of the workers have gone home, because they work maybe, they work up at some of like the rich people's houses in North Val and then they go on the subway back down south. And that's, you wouldn't want to be in the tunnels then, more witnesses. So if you wait until like 2 a.m., basically, and then you can either walk into the tunnels, which is pretty dangerous, there are a lot of trains, or just get on a subway and then. Exit the subway mid-tunnel. Those are your two options. I would say that are your best. So they both have pros and cons. Just walking into a subway tunnel, I feel like should be self-evident. Trains are scary, and also breaking out of a train and jumping out in mid Mid mid-transit.
1: I don't know about New York-style subways, but in the metro in DC, like in a lot of the tunnels, there were like little walkways for some people who worked like worked there could like walk.
0: Yeah, and you assume there are some, too. I'm just letting you know that this is Dungeons & Dragons, and you guys have hit points, so... Yes.
3: I imagine getting hit by a train at level three would take some hit points away.
0: (laughs) You've assumed correctly. So the question on the floor is, do you guys want to just sneak into the tunnels, or do you want to get on a subway like a normal person and then try to get off during the ride?
2: I would say getting off of a uh, a subway mid-ride would draw too much attention to the group, so...
1: Yeah, I think we should walk in.
0: Agreed. So you guys are going to leave the Oak and Holly nightclub and go to the subway station?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to hit up my casual my casual acquaintance on the way out because I don't want to be rude.
0: Uh-huh. So you walk over to your casual acquaintance who is a fire newt, a bright red reptilian humanoid who can breathe fire and so forth. Uh, this person's name is Rosen, R-O-S-E-N, and they're tripping balls on something and they see you and they're like hey
1: <laughs> hey rosen I'm just, i have some shit to do but i didn't want to you know leave without saying bye we should totally hang later
0: of course we gotta hang whiskers we gotta and rosen's just touching your face
1: oh yep that's my face
0: it's good i like the soft part
1: oh yeah i know it's good because
0: i'm a cat <laughs> you are I'm a, I'm a newt
1: i know it's really cool but i have to go there's like people waiting for me but like newt 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 <laughs> yep there you go buddy
0: <laughs> uh rosen slips something into your pocket
1: oh is this that shit
0: it's that new stuff it's um what do they call it uh nox equinox nox for short it's good
1: All right, I'll try it later and I'll hit you up on the interwebs.
0: I feel really strong. Like, I just want to hug you in half.
1: Don't. I need that other half of me.
0: Are you sure?
1: Yeah, maybe just like eat a bunch of nachos or something instead.
0: Oh, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna do war crimes on nachos now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, see? Constructive drug use, buddy. Mmm, okay. Have good. Bye. Bye.
2: During this time, uh, when it comes to getting to the subway station, uh, Ed is gonna take the time to quickly circle back to his place to drop off his base because uh, he doesn't want to take that with him and accidentally leave it and or it being a liability. So, mm-hmm. portable
0: evidence, they call it.
2: <laughs> that's 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 it. All right. Um. So he just does that and then rendezvous with the rest of the team at the station.
0: If there's a a
4: moment between where it's just uh, Frank and Katerina alone, Katerina is going to look over to him, and after a moment, say, "Well, wait, yo, are you packing heat?"
3: Uh, I, well, um, I've I've got got to come got to come prepared for any situation.
1: Nah, nah, babe, it's just cards.
3: What? I never, I never said it wasn't cards, did I? I I am I am packing good old booster cards in here. Gonna keep, me, gonna keep us all nice and safe.
4: You fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Holy
3: <laughs> shit! Whoa! Hi. Hey, from the top ropes. Savagery. <laughs> Don't make me f- pull a fucking green eyes blue dragon out on you. I'll f- <laughs> fucking burn your hair off.
1: Alright. Hey, parts unknown. Wanna see something cool? What? I'm gonna like push a button on my gloves and a knife swings out. Fuck! That's pretty cool, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's dope. Are you expecting to, like, murder someone?
1: No, but, you know, working in CD clubs, sometimes you need to defend yourself. And sometimes knife gloves are cooler than your natural claws.
4: I mean, yeah, that kind of goes without saying, I guess.
1: Are you impressed?
4: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Now that I've seen it, like, <laughs> nice. do you like load it back up and shoot it out
3: again. You know, you know what's cooler than, 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 Blaze, though? What, what? The soul of the, the soul of the deck. <laughs> <laughs> that magical power, what you can tap into, draw the card that you need to do the magic.
4: <laughs> I don't know, like, can you hit someone with playing cards? Is that what, you, is that what you do? What, what is your job? Oh, quick draw, I thought like you were like an archery person or something.
3: No, 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 no. Listen, listen here, listen here. This is what I do. Uh, You'll wear a deck.
4: I, I heard of it, and I heard the cards are worth a lot of money, and I couldn't figure out a way to sell them, so I stopped caring about them.
0: <laughs> here's the thing. I'm very cool, so I don't know what you're talking
3: about. <laughs> so like, here's the deal. Card game. Anyone can do, anyone can play cards. Cards is fine. Cards is, is nothing. What I do, I... I Play a trading card, I fucking use magic to scare the shit out of the person so that they drop all their cards, and oh, they freak out, and I win, win card games.
4: You know, I kind of get that. I, I, I've run some games like that before. It's <laughs> less about summoning monsters and more about, well, just grifting them. But yeah, no, I can get that. It's all like dragons and, and stuff.
3: Yeah, exactly. You sum- you summon-, summon a big old holographic dragon, uh, and then some fire flies past someone's face, and then it turns out it's actual fire, burns their cards. It's, it's proper good time.
4: Oh, shit, these, so like, magic cards, then? Like, they, they explode and do stuff. S- so, in other words, you've gathered these magic cards, is what you're saying? Oh, my God. Walked into planes, you would say, to find all these, <laughs> the- to gather all these magic cards, yeah.
0: Hearthstone. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, we found a stone at some hearth and played some cards at it. And, I was
3: uh, trying to find a way to turn the phrase Yu-Gi-Oh into, like, you go somewhere. Like, I had, like, the parts of the phrase there.
2: I was hoping for a barcode battler reference, but no. Yeah, it's all about, like, having these little pocket monsters
4: carrying them around.
3: No, no, they're more digital. They're digital monsters.
4: Ah, oh, yeah, I get that. Digital <laughs> pocket monsters. <laughs> All right. I think Ed comes out of the arcade <laughs> and sees you guys. At some point, a random passerby came by a conversation and Katarina abruptly changed. It's just like, oh, I guess we're uh, really going to have to catch that school bus. We'll get to school. All right. They're by, they're by now. All right. We're good. <laughs> Are you on drugs? No, just very, very like I got shit right on this. So I can't, you know, got to be uh, in in Scopagus
1: esophagus
4: in, in scopagus you know like nobody knows what you're doing
1: sarcophagus
4: <laughs> snuffleupagus <laughs> yeah like you just you're doing it all like low-key and stuff
1: babe you're not be- you, you shrieking at the top of your voice when people walk by is the opposite of low-key i don't
4: know maybe you just don't know what low key's all about see when you're crazy people don't pay attention to you they want to move the other way
1: it's true. Look at me. I'm wearing lots of neon.
4: Yeah, but you're good looking, so people are like all attracted to that. So you got like you got like you got like flashing lights and stuff on. You're drawing a lot of attention.
1: Oh, you think I'm good looking. Do so you have a
2: feeling that because of all this side chatter, Ed actually shows up at the station first somehow, <laughs> despite his detour?
1: He, t- he has to walk back to get us because he left us behind by accident.
0: Well yeah, you guys just stopped to bicker <laughs> and he had to come back for you, like parents getting their unruly children. <laughs> you're welcome
4: uh, let's go to that station
0: alright So you guys Terry, go- Terry Ho so you guys go to the South Val subway station uh, which is lightly guarded there's like a, a guy in a booth reading a magazine and there are some drones flying around uh, which of course uh, you guys are used to seeing that's not surprising they're just floating around with their camera eyes looking at things no one has any reason to believe That you guys are going to do what you're going to do. So you guys have advantage on this stealth check to sneak into the subway tunnels. Uh, For listeners who aren't aware, advantage is when you roll twice and you take the higher number. I got a nine. Those are bad rolls.
1: I crit.
3: Uh, I crit. And the second one wasn't a crit, but I I crit as well.
2: (laughs) I got a 16 on my roll.
0: Wow! So we've had like five rolls, three of them have been crits, we got the mozzarella crit, and we have two stealth crits. This season is off to a very promising start. So you guys uh, slip past the one guard in the booth, um, the drones uh, float by you, and don't don't take much notice of you, you guys slip around them, but because we have two crits on the board, both Frank and Lenora crit, I think you guys uh, lead the way, and you see actually at some point that uh there's a, a side tunnel that you might not have noticed that you can sneak down uh which is going to cut your time in these tunnels down significantly it wasn't on the map so for your for your crit you guys skulk away from some possible complications that could have hampered your heist congratulations
1: I want to play with Katarina's wig
0: <laughs> after a point Katarina is
4: just going to kind of muse out loud she's gonna say anybody ever have chipotle sauce <laughs> What sauce?
2: Chipotle. It's Chipotle. That's how it's pronounced. Wait, what? It's pronounced Chipotle. Chipot, Chipot Chipotle. Wait, have you ever had it? Uh, y- yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> this is Seinfeldian. <laughs> is it good?
4: I'm just I'm trying to kill the you know, tension, you know, make everybody relaxed, you know?
1: You know, what made me relax is if you told us who you were.
4: You know who I am. You know, uh parts unknown. That's
1: No, like what's your name? What do you look like without this cheap shake and go wig?
4: <sighs> well the wig is to throw people off. Although I guess I can kinda get rid of that now, right?
1: It's a bad wig. Yeah, see, we're the only ones here.
4: Alright, so yeah, she'll she'll throw the wig away, since there's no real point in wearing it anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, she'll she'll be like, I don't know, I mean, you know, name's Katarina. That's I guess all we really need to know, right?
1: wait oh my god what are you like 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 are you like the katarina like the 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 strong wrestler girl like is that you
2: you did you didn't notice i mean you couldn't tell i mean
1: i get really distracted by wigs
2: (laughs) (laughs) i
0: just want to bat at them for some reason
1: (laughs) oh my god i'm such a big fan
4: well, hey, you know, it's always great to meet a fan. Uh, I think uh, maybe, though, we should wait till after all this is done. You know, maybe we can, like, exchange stuff.
1: Okay, okay. you, you got to come over. We're going to have a party and sleep over. I don't... Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: If we get out of this, all right, I've got to ask you one favor, Katarina. Um... There was, there was a point, like, a couple of years ago, they did some some promo cards uh, for, for decks that had some of the wrestlers on them. You, could, you couldn't help me out with getting some of those, could you?
4: <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd have to look around and see if we had them. They have a lot of promotional stuff that just kind of gets like tossed in the bins and stuff afterwards. Yeah, I could, like, dig through that. Uh, there's a couple ice cream bars and stuff in there, too, if you want some of those. I usually, that's, like, dinner for me a lot of nights.
3: As long as the ice cream bars haven't gotten on
0: the cards, sure. The Vince McManticore card is absolutely busted. It was banned in Standard <laughs> and Legacy.
4: <laughs> you could only have one copy in your deck for
3: a while, and now you can't even have that. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to have it in the deck. I just want to own a Vince McManticore.
2: I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to be sitting over here not getting any references that talk about cards or wrestling. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> To be clear, Lenora, you're not a fan of wrestling, right? No, you're just a fan of Katarina.
1: Yeah, I'm just a fan of Katarina. I just happen to know she's a wrestler. Can I
3: just ask, is 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 your character's interest just in Katarina because Katarina has the word cat in it?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, no, but that does help. But no, she thinks she's a pretty lady.
2: All right, so uh, at one point, Ed is going to say, <clears throat> "Speaking of." names and such, we really need to have secondary code names during this mission. We don't want to use either our handles or real names when we discuss things once we get closer to earshot of anyone, unless you like being hunted down after you do a gig.
0: I, th- I think that having three names is a lot for the audience to keep track of. The point of the internet names was that for that to be your heist names, too. I'm not gonna fuck you guys on that.
3: In that case, yeah, I'm gonna use the online name because because the mysterious voice of God in my head said it was
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I trust that voice.
0: <laughs> it's so warm and helpful, and he wants you to succeed. I I, I,
3: tr- I trust the nurturing voice that just comes into my head, and I'm hoping it is not because I got a little bit of a whiff of that drugs from the from the from the club. They're good
1: drugs.
4: <laughs> They're good drugs, Brad. <laughs> so we just got to use the code names, and like you know, some of them are a little long, so we'll just like abbreviate them. Like mine would be. And she's gonna pause and realize what her abbreviates to, and she's gonna be like, "No, nah, I guess the full name's better." Yeah, let's go with full names. Did you make? Did you call yourself
0: Parts Unknown on the internet for that
4: joke? For the PU joke, no, <laughs> but it did come out wonderfully
0: well. Yeah, good job. I, I didn't mean to bring this to a screeching halt. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was thinking that your
3: abbreviation could be pun.
1: You just call me meow. <laughs>
0: That would be better.
4: <laughs> she she immediately abbreviates in her mind to PU, and that's not a good one. So she's like full names. Let's do that.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, actually, you guys don't have just two names. Katarina has three, I think, at this point. <laughs> yeah, she has three names: Katarina, Captain Kraken, bit.
4: It's well, no, it's 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 Katarina Brooks, which is her real name. Then Captain Katarina Krakenvein, which is her wrestling persona, and then parts unknown, which is her online handle. Mm-hmm. To be fair, you don't actually have to know the Cap, uh, the Katarina Brooks one.
0: The internet age is tiring. Everyone has so much brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Austin, it's easy. I'm Chris Larios, also known by Rolo T, also in my previous days known by Lord Von Quack, and now in a new rebranding situation, I want to call myself Don Frosty. So just remember all those, okay? Easy.
0: And you're just associated with Weekly Manga Recap and Transmission Awesome, and I'm sure other things that- um... Super
4: Larios Brothers Show, Botch, Snap. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. Branding. <laughs> just
4: get it easy. It's together. Come on now.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry for all this. All right, so you guys are sneaking through the tunnels. We had two crits on the stealth. So instead of uh, minor inconveniences uh, (laughs) that would beset the party, uh, you guys actually get the drop on the first thing down here, which is you guys come around a corner uh, in these tunnels, and you see ahead of you uh, there is something floating in the air. In fact, it's a drone, and I'm not going to be coy. There's a drone up in the tunnel ahead of you, and it's just kind of floating there, and it doesn't seem to be particularly active
4: uh does what skill would be used to kind of uh make knowledge about uh technology in this in this world would it just be like uh
0: arcana perception? arcana my apologies arthur c clark
4: i got a seven i got an
0: eight
2: nine for ed with respect or Ar- with respect to arcana so
0: so is frank the smartest person in this party because wizards key off of intelligence
3: uh his
1: intelligence is 16 <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, I'm only 15.
0: Yes. So, although Frank, you do know, you do know more than the rest of the party. Uh, they, we had three failures and one success, so the party fails the uh, knowledge check to know more about the drone. All you guys can see is up ahead of you. There's a drone floating in the air. It is pointed away from you, so it can't, it couldn't see you if you walk up to it necessarily. But you don't know its intentions or model number or anything about it.
2: Well, we can either try to move past it or try to disable it, but disabling it, of course, brings the risk of someone being alerted in the process. I think we should sneak past it. I agree.
0: Alright, right, sounds like you guys want to make new stealth checks to to get past this drone? Twenty! It's going to be very difficult because it's facing away from you, but if you go past it, it'll be looking at you directly. I crit again. Holy shit! Roll twenty! Can you ease up? First date, son. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Twenty-two for Ed. Oh, my God.
3: Uh, Fifteen for Frank.
0: (laughs) All right, so we have three passes, or no, we have four passes, one of which is a crit. So you guys each uh, sidle up against the wall like fucking cartoon characters and move with your backs against the wall inches at a time along the, the tunnel walls of the subway. And this drone that's floating in the air has like a little light on its front. And as you guys kind of sidle past it, you can see it more clearly because it has a light on the front, which illuminates its front face. And you guys see it's yellow and it has like a bright smiley face on it.
1: Like an emoji.
0: Yeah, it's basically a floating emoji robot. Oh, my God. It's very cute is the thing. Um, And it's just it looks like it's just sitting there smiling and floating happily. And it doesn't look like the ones you saw out on the subway platform to get in here. It's a different kind, clearly.
4: For flavor reasons, can we say Nora and Katerina's hands brushed against each other when we went
0: saddled to the wall? Please. You should be insisting, not asking.
3: (laughs) Considering that this one is different to the ones we saw outside, can I do another arcana check based on this new information to see if I can work anything additional out?
0: I would say you would need to actually get up closer and look at it. So that'd be an investigation or a perception, if you really want to get in the pain on this thing.
3: Investigation. Yep, yeah, I could do an investigation. So let's have a look. That's another six on investigation.
1: No.
2: You mean you mean a botch on investigation?
0: That that was a botch on investigation. Our first botch of the season. This is exciting because you guys have seen what crits can do, which is let you skip past a bunch of difficult stuff. And now you get to see what botches do. So as you guys sidle past the yellow smiley face drone, Frank goes back and kind of sneaks up to it and goes to look at the side of it because maybe there's some identifying information on it, like a serial number or a company name. And you're looking over this drone, which is kind of flying, floating silently, bobbing up and down. Gently, in the subway tunnel, you see on the drone, there is a corporate symbol. The logo is a picture of a tree with 10 branches, no leaves, just like this bare tree with 10 branches. This is the symbol of the Crown Corporation, which is the most powerful economic force in Valentine. And as you see that, you gasp a little and it turns and looks at you because you botched. Mm Mm-hmm. And a voice comes out of the drone, and it says, Hello! I'm Drony Maloney, your home defense buddy! Please give me your password! Drony Maloney,
3: do you have a forgotten password button that I can answer a security
0: question on? Password invalid! Please give me your password! Hmm.
3: Let me have a look at what my new character has. <laughs> Okay, Frank is going to put his hand into the holster, and without looking at the deck, draws out a card, (laughs) flips it round at Droney Maloney, and casts Invisibility.
0: So you cast Invisibility on it?
3: No, on Frank.
0: Okay, so you turn invisible in front of Dronie Maloney. Yep. All right, so Frank vanishes as he throws up a card that, uh, what's the card? What's the flavor of this card?
3: This this is the, the the warm, snuggly blanket of invisibility. It's kind of <laughs> like an invisibility cloak, but a little bit more like a snuggie. Like, you can get your arms through some holes in it. You can, you know, you can still get stuffed up. You can still play card games while wearing this comfortable blanket.
0: I love the snuggie of invisibility. <laughs> uh, as you disappear, droney Maloney says, Password invalid! One attempt remains! And starts flo- f- floating down... The subway tunnels toward the rest of the party.
1: I um, am going to try and create. I'm going to use Thaumaturgy to make like a boom 30 feet away from me in the opposite direction to try to send the thing that way. Mm -hmm. Because the range of 30 feet.
0: All right. So Thaumaturgy is a cantrip, which means it doesn't take any of your resources to use. Can you roll me deception to deceive droney Maloney?
1: And I chose to be proficient in that. I rolled a 15.
0: Well, that's pretty good. So you uh, raise your hand. Uh, you have your MP3 player as your spellcasting focus. So you like switch tracks to thaumaturgy. Yeah. You play the song Loud Noise by Far Away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and a, a boom goes off down the subway tunnel. And Drone Imolone spins around and says, Password Invalid! Entering Defense Mode! And its big smiley face mouth opens up and the barrel of a gun slides out and it starts floating down the hall down the subway tunnel with a gun barrel sticking out of its smiley face mouth
1: towards the noise i made
0: yeah it's going after the noise and it's going to shoot it with its gun mouth
1: let's go guys
0: agreed
2: (laughs) well this is the part of the job i don't miss
0: So we're going to do the credits for December 2017 for season four of Dice Funk. I'm just going to do the music credits real quick. We did New Jack Mantle, an arrangement of the mantle from Nights into Dreams. We did Music of Funk, an arrangement of Stage 1 Gotham City from Batman for the NES. And Linear Groove, an arrangement of A-type and B-type from Tetris. Those are the songs I used.
1: I bet they're cool
0: what else did we do during this part i guess we talk about uh where people can support the show at i'm at patreon.com slash austin chris is at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap laura is at kotaku.co.uk where are you where are you
1: i'm vargalicious on twitter
0: right, so you're just telling people to bother you on twitter yeah okay
1: hit me up folks
0: and Skitch is at skitch.bandcamp.com. That's where music happens. I feel like we don't ever talk about the fact that he did, like, the Nostalgia Critic theme, which is, like, a pretty big deal on the internet, and it's just never come up in 120 episodes.
1: No, Skitch is, like, the fanciest boy.
0: He's basically highfalutin.
1: Like, on the scale of fanciness, Skitch is probably at the top, and I'm at the bottom.
0: Yeah, but that's where all the raccoons and stuff are, so...
1: Yes, and my... my roll around in the garbage with them
0: trash palace
1: yes my house
0: um so we're also on a bunch of other stuff itunes podbean google play youtube there's so many places you can listen to the show and all of them you should comment and like and subscribe and rate and are we on myspace i feel like we need to get on myspace it's gonna make a, <laughs> it's gonna make a big comeback
1: that's still a thing
0: it has to be oh
1: god oh embarrassing MySpace. MySpace. my, skis. my skis my my gaze i don't
0: know <laughs> your gaze
1: um no myspace was embarrassing i'm pretty sure i still have like a like an anime role play one i had in fucking middle school somewhere that explains a lot. am i ashamed yes <laughs> <laughs> is that everything i start crediting now
0: you wanna start crediting now? We have a list of names here. Everybody who helped the show exist in December, and I'm gonna start reading and then you can read and or you wanna start and I can we can trade?
1: Sure. Let's get a back and forth going.
0: Alright, so I'm just gonna start now. Uh first of all, thank you, Kerstine Haslinger.
1: For a mom.
0: <laughs> so wait, are you commenting or are you gonna read the second one?
1: Joseph Tombrello. Hi.
0: <laughs> Jade?
1: Hi Jade. Brent. Hi, Brent.
0: (laughs) This is untenable.
1: (laughs) I can't comment on every name. Okay, I need to stop. Okay.
0: The Cult of Gorfinax.
1: Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. I'd let him be my doctor. I trust goats. Not qualified. (laughs) Irving T. Royale. Andrew Grothin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Sever. Morgan Rapp. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tim,
0: Matthew Hare.
1: <laughs> Jorgen Weinwick Ford.
0: Josie Gazay
1: Razumi Yuzura.
0: Albert West. Jason. Ken Fersel.
1: Eleanor Nanante Sees. Per- Periton? I don't know. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Scott Cummings.
1: Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. <laughs> Jewman Jack. Gwillem Evans.
0: Melly Tish.
1: George Soros.
0: (laughs) It's going to get you every month, isn't it? It is. Arjun DeConing.
1: Grimlock.
0: John Potts.
1: Dawson Parr.
0: Noah Sudret.
1: Zephosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child.
0: Seraph Stone.
1: Thorsten Gross.
0: Devin Smith.
1: Caster UK.
0: Aki Savalainen.
1: The Paladin's Wife.
0: Florian H.
1: Amanda Linetti.
0: Junk 2.0.
1: The Hat Sales.
0: Dominic Bowden.
1: Melissa Nielsen. Don. Eugene T. I like that. T-E-A. Good job, Eugene.
0: <laughs> Connor Reynolds.
1: Pruitt Holcomb.
0: Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol.
1: Franco- Oof. Francois V. I don't know what happened to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shainess? Dennis Pancake Tetlipson.
0: Miko from Finland.
1: Dennis Bengtson.
0: Josh Mosier.
1: Indigo Vandane.
0: Allison Ansel,
1: Sydney Marsing.
0: Just a jester.
1: Save Arden Akramo- uh Akramova. Akrasimova. <laughs> I'm bad at things. I'm sorry everyone whose names I ruined.
0: <laughs> Brady Warner.
1: Kitty Foe,
0: <laughs> James Neely.
1: Marissa Donaldson.
0: Melanie Joe,
1: Lana Seawolf. Lana. Lana. I'm sorry.
0: Toby Gleason Stack.
1: Matthew Weber.
0: Sarah Hanley.
1: Melissa Booker.
0: Cameron Abbas. Dylan! Anna Stoolfarer.
1: Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays.
0: Harrison Andrew.
1: Kevin Zidlow, Zidlow?
0: Christopher Charlo, Jorrit. Viger Arnston.
1: Cody Jackson.
0: August Rue.
1: I'm sorry, everybody.
0: By the time we're done with the show, I'm gonna have roughly a hundred thousand different takes of you apologizing. I'm gonna be able to like, fill a library with o- only MP3s of you saying you're sorry.
1: That sounds really on brand for me.
0: It is relatable.
1: It, it was somebody was like, "What is what is what is Lauren about?" You just hand them the hundred hours of apologizing.
0: Being tired, being sleepy, apologizing, and also pretending to be a gay cat.
1: Uh, I only have to pretend with the cat part.
0: Wait, which part's pretend? They- the cat parts
1: the cat part yeah because i'm not a real cat but i am real gay